Good morning. God bless each and every one of you this morning. How is everyone? We welcome you to our daily broadcast, our Rising Joel's Army. It is such a blessing to be with you. My name is Henry Falcone from Flame of Fire Ministries, uh, Kingdom of Flame of Fire Kingdom Awakening Ministries. It's such a blessing to have you here this morning, and uh, we're just blessed to uh, get get all the stuff taken care of here. The uh, we're good for the camera. I'm so glad that you could join us this morning. Look forward to another day, day number two of this week of this daily broadcast. I pray they've been a blessing to you. Uh, please sign in. Let us know what city, state, country you're from. That's always a blessing so that we can continue to uh, you know, pray for you, stand with you, and what the Lord's doing. I just posted some important events on there, okay, that just some, some real in information for you um, that I think is uh, really uh, important about our upcoming, um, you know, our convergence and uh, how to get to a link to it. So I put that in the beginning and somebody might add it on the end. So hopefully that you'll have all the information that you need. And uh, that way you can uh, come to the Divine Convergence in New York, May the 7th, May, excuse me, May 2nd through the um, um, 7th. So, all right, and I put my email address on it. So all that information is in the beginning of this broadcast and we will repeat it on the end, okay? Praise God, it is just a blessing to be with you. And I just gotta make sure we are on this morning. So let me just get on my phone so I can watch have to watch your comments from two different places because they don't all show up in the same place for some reason, but that's okay. And we'll thank God for that. Let's see, go here. I've got a post. And it should be, there we are. We should be live streaming, hopefully. There we are. Live streaming, we are. Okay, excellent. And great. So I will see you as we go along. Father, we thank you this morning. What a privilege. What an honor. Lord, to come and gather together with your precious saints, your remnant, those that are your maturing and full-grown sons and daughters of God, those that you're drawing to understand the kingdom reality. What a blessing, Lord. What a privilege it is to be here with you today. And Lord, we're totally relying upon you and we welcome you. We appreciate you so much, Lord. We appreciate your manifested presence. We just welcome you to come into every home every car, wherever people are listening to this broadcast, live or later, that your manifested presence would come and you'd reveal yourself to us, Lord. Lord, you'd reveal to us, reveal yourself to us as the King of glory, as the Omega God, the finisher. We know you're the author, but now, Lord, let us see your finisher. Let us see you as a finisher. Let us see your finishing work. Let us receive your finishing work, Lord, your completed work, Lord, to bring us forth as a glorious church without spot, without blemish, without wrinkle. Lord, thank you for preparing us for these end times. Thank you for getting us ready. Thank you for positioning us. And thank you, Lord, that this year is a year of propelling glory that will be propelled in the glory of the Lord, with the glory of the Lord. So we pray this morning, Lord, we, we see you, but we want to see you better. We know you, but we want to see you better, know you better. We hear you. We want to hear you better. Open our eyes to see you, Lord, like we've never seen you before. Open up our ears to hear today like we've never heard you before. Open up our hearts to understand you and the mysteries of your kingdom like we've never understood before. We thank you for what you did on that cross at Calvary for us, Jesus, and the blood that you shed for us. And because of that, Lord, 
because of your sacrifice and you're sending us the Holy Spirit that's being born again, we've been disconnected from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we've been reconnected, the tree of life that's in the midst of the garden. And today that's what we'll eat from, Lord. Let's eat the hidden manna that you have for the overcomers. Lord, come. We pray like you did to the two men on the road of Emmaus. You, as you expounded the scriptures, their hearts burned within them. That, that word became a living word, a real impartation, Lord. That word became flesh within them. And that's what we pray today, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you so much. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We appreciate you, Lord. We glorify your name, Lord. We can't do this without you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord, and we lift our voice to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice, take joy, my King, in what you hear. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. I sing praises to your name. Oh, Lord, praises to your name. Oh, Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. We sing praises to your name. Oh Lord, praises to your name. Oh Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul, let it rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you hear. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ears. Yes, Lord, we do love you this morning. Would you just let the Lord know right now, just lift up your hands and say, Lord, I so love you. So appreciate you. I welcome you, Lord. Would you let him know that? Let him know how much you appreciate him this morning. Let him know how much you appreciate his presence, his love, his grace, his person, his manifested presence. Just say, Lord, I so appreciate you. Appreciate you, Lord. Appreciate you so much, Lord. We love you, Lord. And thank you, Lord. Thank you for being with us this morning. Thank you for whatever it is that you need to do with our hearts and our lives, Lord. Thank you for the operation of your glory. Thank you. Fill us with your glory, Lord, that we be changed from glory to glory today, God. Thank you, Lord. To you who can do exceedingly above all that we ask and think, Lord. To you be all the glory. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Good morning, Joy. God bless you. Good morning, Donna. Amen. And anybody else that's on, please sign in. Let us know who you are, where you're from. Praise the Lord. Um, I'm going to continue this where we've been we've been opening up the passage of the Song of Solomon, chapter two, verses ten uh, through thirteen, and it's prophetic revelation of of this end time work of the Lord. Yesterday, we were able to share from Isaiah chapter 4, that hidden manna in Isaiah chapter 4, the Lord beautifying his branch with the spirit, and the blast of burning and the spirit of judgment. And I was going to remove the haughtiness and the pride and, the, and, and it caused the dirtiness of it, which is exactly Revelation chapter 3, where they, you know, where, where the Lord is about to split the, uh, spit the last day's church, where we are right now, the Laodicean church out of their mouth because they're not hot or cold. They're lukewarm, but they think they're rich and need of nothing. You know, and we talked about Zechariah, about the Lord in the book of Zechariah, the Lord removing those filthy garments, you know, so that they can, so they, that Joshua, the high priest can stand before the Lord and be able to walk in that place before him. And so that's what we're going to be pick, 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 excuse me, picking up on today. And so we're so glad that you're here today. Again, please sign in, let us know where you're from. Okay. And what state country you are, so we can pray for you. And just remember, if you need any prayer needs or anything we can do to serve you, our, our my email, my email address is up there. So please let us know so that we can serve you, you know, in any way possible. All right. Song of Solomon, chapter two, verse 10, because my beloved speaks and says to me, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. That's the operative word for the hour. And I've been sharing in 2020, the Lord let everything in this planet stop and he brought the church to a dead stop. So that they could hear this voice. This is the bridal side of the voice. Okay, the bridal side of his voice is saying, Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. The sonship side of that voice is in Revelation chapter one, where John hears the voice of Jesus as a war trumpet. I heard a voice like a war trumpet calling me. Good morning, Sister Eva, Eva from Canada. I heard the voice of my of a war trumpet calling me. And when I turned around to see that voice, I saw him. And then he describes Jesus as the King of Glory. He sees Jesus as the Omega Omega God, the finishing God. He sees Jesus with the glory that he had before the foundation of the earth. And because of that, you know, you know, there, there's a, he's he's caught up in the spirit on the Lord day to receive a special visitation of the Lord. And with that visitation comes an impartation. And with that impartation comes information about what's about to come. So he gets a he gets a visitation, impartation. See a visitation. He meets the Lord in the air. You know, in the second heavens in Revelation chapter one, in that in that in that um, uh, visitation, he gets an impartation of Jesus, the King of Glory, the Finisher, and then he gets impartation from the Lord to know and understand what's about to unfold on the earth. So visitation, you know, impartation, you know, and um, uh, yeah, I just lost what I just said. Sorry about that. And you, there, there's a visitation then an invitation, and then an impartation. So the invitation, I mean, the visitation allows the Lord to bring a visitation, you know, and then an, then an, then an impartation. And that's how, the, how it works. So he gets a revelation of Jesus in a brand new way. Hopefully somebody caught that with the three ways. I said it correctly. I don't know if I said it correctly the second time, but somebody caught that. Maybe they can write that down uh, if they can remember what it is. And so... When, he, when the call to come up, there's a reason. There's a reason why he's calling him up. And Song of Solomon, there's a reason he's calling his bride up higher. And at the end of the age, at the end of the church age, thank you, 
and visitation, invitation, impartation. Thank you. You know, there's there's an there's a visitation, you know, and and it shows us this again in Psalm chapter two. My beloved speaks. That's the visitation. Okay, and then he gives an invitation: rise up to, and come away. You know, and and come away. So that's the invitation. And then there's the impartation, and he's going to tell her why she has to rise up. The Book of Revelation tells us why we need to come up. John is the first overcomer that we find in the book. And book of Revelation re represents the overcomers and the finishing of a people, a completion of a people, a third day work, a finishing work of Jesus that he has to come to do on the third day to complete a people that are going to be ready for the end time purposes. And notice that work of the Lord starts with John being caught up in the spirit. I says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and he heard a voice. Okay. My, my beloved, my, and over in Song of Solomon, it says, my beloved speaks and says to me, you know, whoops, uh, I just skipped over. My beloved speaks and says, rise up. Notice the command in Isaiah 60, arise and shine for the light has come. Notice the command to go up. You know, he can, who can ascend the mountain of the Lord? He that has clean hands and a pure heart. Notice of Zechariah, I, I, you know, and I had a vision. I saw Joshua and the priests before the throne of God. Everything is up here. See, the church has lived down here for so long. We've been like chickens. Chickens can fly, but not very high, you know. And so, and they're and they're contained, and they can only, they're very limited in their flight. But we're not called to be chickens. We're called to, to mount up on wings of what eagles. Why? So that we can change and renew our strength and mount up on wings of eagles. So we can walk up here, we can run and not grow weary, right? And walk and not faint. So up here, living up here in that spiritual realm and that second heaven and entering into the third heaven is what the Lord is inviting us to for the special visitation of the Lord. We're actually meeting him in the air. You're not physically rapturing, but we're spiritually rapturing with the Lord to meet him, to receive an end time visitation, to receive an end time uh, invitation and to receive an end time impartation. The invitation come up here, then to receive the visitation and then impartation, you know. So it really starts with the invitation. I probably said it backwards, it, you know, because that's a little, I do that sometimes. But it's the Lord invites us come up here. In Revelation chapter four. I heard that voice of war trumpet calling me, and I saw a da door standing up in heaven. And I heard the voice calling me, "What? Come up here!" So there's an invitation always to go higher. I stand at the door and knock, and if any man will open the door and let me in, see the invitation. So maybe we can rewrite that, Donna, like it's invitation, visitation, impartation. And the visitation is to see the Lord the way that he wants to be seen. That was magnified in March 2020 when everything came to a stop. That was the time when that voice of that war trumpet was sounding the alarm because it was the, it was the dawning moment when the kingdom of God age has dawned so that so many can see it. It's been spoken of since 20, since 2000 and before that. And 2000 began the beginning of that, 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 that new millennium for us, that third day millennium. So from, tw from 2000 to 2020, exactly 20 years, 20 years, exactly. Then the Lord, did, the Lord came in March, the third month, right? He came in March, you know, and you know, where spring begins. And he began to say a new day is here, a new hour is here. That's going to require you to have a new wine skin, you know, a new, and to drink the new wine. And everything has to change. And for everything to change about our life, it requires us to, to come out of the natural up into the spirit. Now, if you notice, there are times when I'll sing like this morning. One of the reasons why I sing to worship the Lord was to take us out of the natural. And, you know, because pure worship takes us out of the natural into the spiritual so that we can begin to receive spiritual things. You know, the spirit bears witness with the spirit. The spiritual things are up here. 
come up here. The Lord says, my thoughts are not your thoughts in Isaiah, right? You know, and my ways are not your ways. As the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways above your ways and my thoughts above your ways. And so we have to come up into that realm of the spirit. And we're, we're learning how to live in that with that realm and that, that realm to live in us. But we have to come up out of the natural. We have to put away the business of life as we've known it to be. And we have to come up to seek the Lord. We have to come up the mountain of the Lord with clean hands and a pure heart so that we can have a, so that we can answer that visitation. We can answer that knock and open the door and come in and sup. One of the things I pray each day is, Lord, I, I hear your knock, Lord. I open the door again today and I say, come in and sup with me. And I'll stop with you. And as I provide and give the Lord that pure, holy worship and that dedicated life to the Lord, then he's able to feed me with the hidden manna, with his glory. So it's an invitation, a visitation, an impartation. And I want you to notice that it happens at a particular season. And that season is in, 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 in verse 11, a song of Solomon chapter 2, for behold, the winter is past and the rain is over and gone. That, that means a closed season. That means a day has ended. Revelation 3.20, when Jesus is standing at the door and knocking, that means the end of an age. He's knocking at the end of the church age. We've gone as far as we can go horizontally. Everything that's going to happen in the body of Christ is going to happen from a vertical relationship with the Lord. That's why everything in Revelation chapter 1 talks about a vertical seeing of the Lord, a new place of seeing, a new place of hearing, a new place of understanding. It's up here. It's up here. And this is the message of preparation that you and I have to share with your, your, with our spouses, with our children, with our grandchildren, with our churches and our ministry. Because if we keep talking about what the church age, church age ministry is, which is win the lost at all costs and baptism of the Holy Spirit, the outer courts and the holy place ministry, they will never be able to hear the present word of the Lord, the present calling of the Lord. They won't be able to see Jesus as a king of glory. They won't be able to hear that war trumpet because their ears are only tuned and trained. Their eyes are only trained to see the work of God instead of the person of God. That's why it says, I know your works. They're more numerous than the beginning. You know, they know the works of Lord, but they lost the person of the Lord. To see the person of the Lord, you have to come up. And coming up and, and so that when we see him, we're going to be like him. And when we see his, when we see his face as in a mirror, it says those who look upon his face as in a mirror are constantly being changed or transfigured or transformed from one degree of glory to another. So seeing the Lord is very important right now because what you see is what you get. And seeing him correctly, how he's revealing himself to us in this hour is correctly. We've known him as a savior, healer, deliverer, restorer, baptizer of the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. And we, we've seen him and we've known him as the Alpha God. But he's revealing himself today as the Omega God, the Alpha and the Omega. We never lose sight of the Alpha. We never forget that the God who started this good work in us is still God. But the God who started the work has to come and finish the work. And that's what this visitation is all about. Is this invitation and visitation is to bring an impartation of the finishing work of the Lord so that we can arise as Joe's army, so that we, we can become a wheel within a wheel, so that we can become a royal priest in a holy nation, so that we can be formed into a kingdom of kings and priests unto our God so that we can rule and reign with him. That's why this is so, this season that we're in right now is critical for our spiritual growth. It's critical to understand what the Lord is doing so that we can cooperate with him. So that's why it says here in Song of Solomon, chapter two, verse 11, for behold, the winter is gone and the rain is over. The winter, excuse me, the winter is past and the rain is over and gone. You know, I wonder how many of us as five ministers in the body of Christ realize that we have entered into a new season. 
I mean, really, and what that new season is. Maybe they recognized it, you know, but what from what I can tell so far from many churches, pastors, even kingdom-minded people, you know, they're getting a revelation that something is different, struggling to find out what that different is because they're looking for the different to fit into the old model, the old model of the church age, or to fit into the holy place and to fit into that ministry where ritual acts of worship are given continually, but they're unable to, to cleanse the conscience of a consciousness of the believer. They, they're trying to take the kingdom revelation or kingdom sensing that they're getting within their spirit and bring it back into the holy place ministry. And it can't go back into the holy place ministry. And I shared that with you uh, from that because the season is ended. Now, for those of you that didn't catch it, it's always good to repeat and share again a second time or third time till we get it. But I'm going to keep my my uh, little tab here in Song of Solomon, but how do you know the season's over? Well, and, and, and how does that relate to the church age and the kingdom age and where we are? And I hope while you're hearing this, this causes you to be able to burn the ships that you won't hold on to that which has passed away, that you'll turn around and run wholly after the Lord today, wholly to seek him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and to seek him as a king of glory that, you know, because it, it, it tells us in Psalm 24, which is a prophetic unfolding that's happening right now, that as we come up to the mountain of the Lord, you know, it, you know, it says you have to have clean hands a clean heart and clean hands and a pure heart and not sworn deceitfully. And he said, and this is a generation that will seek him and they shall receive a blessing from the Lord. And then there's a command, again, a command to come up in Psalm 24. Do you see the thread? I've been sharing with you all this broadcast, the, the, the calling up, the invitation, because it says, lift up your head, O ye gates, and lift up your head, you age abiding doorways. Again, that's the invitation. And what's the invitation for? And let the king of glory come in. Notice it is critical that you receive the revelation of the King of Glory, who he is. And that's who we're being married to. This marriage supper, the land season that we're in right now, is we're marrying the King of Glory. We're not just marrying the Lamb of God. We're marrying the Lamb and the Lion. And we need to be married and understand his function today on this earth as the Lion of the tribe of Judah, as the Omega God, the finisher. We need to understand that. We need to walk with that. We need to be able to walk in, in that revelation of who he is. And he has to reveal himself as a King of king of glory within us so that as we are married to him as a bride we can now he will now share with us his kingdom power authority dominion in ways we have never seen and known we will be able to walk in the end time power of god as the army of god to execute the judgments that are written psalm 149 we're able to execute those judgments cleansing judgments words of consequences as God speaks to us, creative words, creative miracles from that throne room place, from that spirit of prophecy, from the fullness of the seven spirits of God, we're going to receive words, instructions, uh, plans, and blueprints that are immediately going to happen on the earth and transform it because it's spoken and received in glory. So we're being prepared and positioned to walk in that realm of glory and that realm of God's glory to fill us. The glory of the Lord must fill all the earth and the glory of the Lord has to fill his temple. That's why the Mount of Transfiguration was so important for us to see because when Jesus stood up there and he took only three out of the 12, Peter, James, and John, a church within a church, a people within a people, and he took even out of his remnant, another remnant to behold his glory. Now, when he transfigured on that mountain, he did not transfigure there as the son of God. He transfigured there as the son of man. He wanted to show Peter, James, and John the glory that this temple is to be filled with. He is showing us what a full-grown son of God is going to look like in this, in this era. 
they see Jesus, the second Adam. Remember, he came as a second Adam. He was, a, you know, and he had to come as a second Adam because he had to completely obey the Father so that we could be redeemed. And as the second Adam, he stood on that mountain and he allowed that glory that was inside of him to be seen. It was so marvelous that his face shined again like the noonday sun, and you know his his garments glistened. If you read the if you read Mark uh, chapter nine, I believe it is, talks about that Mount of Transfiguration. And when they see him, that you know, and all of a sudden it's glorious. Notice what happens: two end time witnesses stand next to him, Moses and Elijah. So now we see something. We see heaven and earth joined together, don't we, on that Mount of Transfiguration? There's no distance between Jesus being in his physical body and the glory and that glory allowing him to speak with Moses in his glory, Elijah in this glory, and they're having a protracted conversation. We don't know what about, but I believe that what it was about is this age. And Peter, James, and John see it and they're terrified because they, you know, here's Jesus in that glory and that transfiguration glory shining, Isaiah 60 demonstration right there for us. And it gives him the ability to connect heaven and earth. He's talking to Elijah and Moses, and they're standing on the earth in the glory so that they can be seen and manifested. There's no bigger picture of what the glory realm is going to look like filled within his people. It's the ability to connect heaven and earth together through one person, through one body of Christ, through one multi-membered body of Christ that's arising with the glory of God to see what be seen risen upon them in them and risen upon them that nations will come to that arising and kings to their brightness that's what what happened to Jesus on that mount of transfiguration is a picture of the end time work of the Lord the end time visitation of the Lord that prepares us and positions us in the spirit of Elijah and spirit of Moses to bring forth God's deliverers now if you look at the title about this uh, about this broadcast it says God's deliverers are coming Moses was a deliverer of, e of of Israel out of sin's bondage Egyptian bondage Elijah brought them out of religious bondage and the power of Jezebel these were two great deliverers and the two great delivering out of sin bondage and out of religious bondage and out of the world bondage are manifested in two people and with Jesus. Three are standing. They notice there's three. There's three. Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. Jesus was the greatest deliverer because he, he delivered us from the power of sin and death and hell. So you got the three deliverers and one that answered by God answered by fire you got the other one that that released the judgments of the Lord upon Egypt and then you got Jesus the great judge standing there you know able to release everything that the father says and so on that mount of transfiguration we begin to see a picture of how God is about to transform the earth in a multi-membered body of Christ that will be transfigured with that glory, changed by that glory, filled with that glory. And because of that, their connection with heaven, with Elijah and with Moses as deliverers is now worked within them. They are a delivering people because Jesus is going to go before them as the commander in chief. And they're going to be an army of deliverers, Joel's army. And we, you've read the description of it. They don't break ranks. Never has been an army been seen before or after again. A fire goes before them, a garden of evening before them, and behind them is a desolate wilderness because they're able to completely overcome and be able to work with Jesus to transform the kingdoms of this earth into the kingdoms of our God and Christ. Thank you, Lord. That's all positioning. That's all the result. Thank you, Father. Is this helping anybody today? Thank you, Lord. Good morning, Gloria. Glad you can join this morning. To get a chance, hit your watch party bu button on your Facebook. 
and let people join in. Maybe they'll catch your Facebook and jump into the broadcast. So if you have a watch party button, hit the button on there. And you know, maybe some people will be able to join in that might know you and want to hear you. Thank you, Lord. So this is really critical to what I'm saying. Notice there is there is a, a invitation to come, then a visitation, then an impartation. And that impartation is exactly what Jesus invites them up to the Mount of Transfiguration. He invites three out of the 12. That's significant, okay? And out of the three, one is gonna get the revelation of the, of the, book, the book of Revelation revealed to them. So out of the three, one. Out of the 12, three. Out of the three, one. Why? Because the overcomer is an individual call. It says, and if any man, see, he's no longer speaking to the seven churches in Revelation 3 and 320. He's, he's single, you know, he said all he's going to say throughout the church age of what we need to change, repent, and, and overcome. But then it's an individual call, an individual invitation. I stand at the door, door and knock, and if any man, see, that's single. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in. And I notice in Song of Solomon, chapter two, verse 10, it says, my beloved speaks to who? An individual to rise up my love. It doesn't say my loves, it says my love, my fear one and come away with me. So it's a personal invitation. That's what you got to see is critical right time. We are in a visitation of the Lord. It's a move of God that's not seen. It's not coming like the revivals in the past. It's not coming as a refreshing that we've seen in, 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 in uh, coming out of Toronto and Pensacola. This is a completely different visitation of the Lord. It's a personal invitation. It's a visitation of fire. It's your time to turn aside to see this great sight. It's your time to see that bush that's on fire but not consumed. Because that's a picture of what God's making you. He's making us a branch on fire but not consumed. We're consumed with the fire of God. God, but we're not burned up because we're able to contain that glory of the Lord because he's made us ready for it. That makes sense to you today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. You would think this would be a popular word today that people would want to receive, but they can't because a veil is still over their eyes. As long as there's a veil over the face, you cannot see the kingdom of God. As long as that veil is still there between, you know, between the holy place and the holy of holies, you won't be able to receive the change of day. Now, notice it says, the, behold, the winter is gone. The rain is past. The rain is over and gone. It talks about the winter is past and the rain is over and gone. So you got two things. The winter is over and the rain is over. That represents two prophetic days. In Hebrew chapter nine, it represents two parts of the of the very um, tabernacle of the Lord. It represents the outer por outer courts where you get saved, and it represents the inner courts of the holy of holies where the the spirit's ministry is of gifts, tongues, operation, baptism of the Holy Spirit, all those things. Now, I said the other day, and this is important to, to see. How do I know that the winter's past and the rain is over? and gone, and why can't I stay in that time to be able to be completed by the Lord? Because it requires a new season. And verse um, 12, it says, the flowers appear on the earth. When does that come? In the spring. In the springtime, this, the flowers appear. That flowers represents the man-child. It represents the full-grown sons and daughters of God. It represents the bride of the Lord, overcomers, whatever you call them. It says, and the flowers appear on the earth. They're beginning to appear. And they're entering in behind that veil. 
They're entering into that place of coming up with Jesus, meeting him in the air, and they're getting the revelation of the king of glory. And it's changing them. And they're beginning to appear. They're beginning to be seen. For in that day, it's Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians 1 10 says, in that day, Jesus will what? Be seen, glorified in his saints. Now, if you don't mind, I just want to go back quickly over to Hebrews chapter 9. Because to me, this is a revolutionary scripture that, you know, when the FIFO ministries, ministers and the body of Christ get a hold of this, it will help them embrace the new of the Lord. So what does it mean for the, for the, for the, for the, um, the winter's over and the rain is gone. The winter's passed and the rains are gone and over with. It means this. And Hebrews chapter 9, for even in it, the first covenant had its rules and regulations for divine worship and sanctuary of the Lord. For a tabernacle was erected. In it, the outer division or compartment of which where the lampstand and the table with its loaves of showbread set forth, that portion is called the holy place. Notice he doesn't even deal with the outer courts here. Because the outer courts represent saved and they're already saved. So now he's going to speak to them about the ministry of the Lord and the ministry from the Lord. And he's going to speak to it as two different compartments. Okay. He's going to speak about, uh, you know, uh, these two different compartments okay, of the holy place, many it's just be in the holy of holies. And he's already assuming that you pass through the labor. So that we have the labor, we have the outer courts, we've got the holy place. Now, Beyond the second curtain, beyond, but inside of that second partition is a veil. Okay, there's a veil. And that's really important. There's a veil. Okay, and that veil, there stood another tabernacle known as the Holy of Holies. But inside that curtain of veil, there stood another tabernacle. It had the golden ark of the, the altar of incense, which represents prayer, the ark of the covenant of God which was gold. The ark contained a golden jar, which held the manna and the rod of Aaron that sprouted and the two stone slabs of the covenant bearing the 10 commandments. Notice the rod that's budded speaks of the flowers arising. All of that's where? In the Holy of Holies. This is where we're called to live in the Holy of Holies and the Holy of Holies in us. It says in the ark and overshadowing the mercy seat were representations of cherubims, winged creatures, which are symbols of glory. So everything about that Holy of Holies is the glory realm. Everything in there typifies the glory because the gold represents the glory of God. The, those, those on the ark were gold angels representing the glory of God that covers the, 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 the person of God. He's surrounded in glory because he is glory. So when we get behind that veil, we're entering into what? The glory realm. Praise God. That's exactly what happens. Thank you, Lord. Now, I need to go back a little bit. I need to find it. I think it's over here. Right. Second Corinthians chapter three. I want to go over there for a minute. Verse 12. Since we have such, uh, such glorious hope, we speak very freely and openly and fearlessly. Nor do we act like Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze upon the, finish, the, the finish of the vanishing, the splendor which had been upon it. In fact, their minds were grown hard and calloused. They had become dull and lost the power of understanding. For until this present day, when the Old Testament, the Old Covenant is read, there's that same veil still lies on their hearts, not being lifted 
to reveal that Christ is made void and done away with. Yes, down to this very day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies upon the hearts and minds. But when a person turns in repentance to the Lord, look at this, the veil is stripped away and taken away. Okay. And now the Lord, it says, now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, emancipation from bondage and freedom. And all of us with an unveiled face, because we continue to behold Jesus, the word of God as in a mirror, in a mirror, uh, as in a mirror, the glory of God, as we look into Jesus' face as the glory of God, look what it says. We're constantly being transfigured into his very own image and ever-increasing splendor for one degree of glory to another. This comes from the Lord who is spirit. Now, going back to Hebrews chapter three, it says this, that he's beginning to show us that with an unveiled face, we can go into that holy of holies. But what's stopping us and what's stopping the church from experiencing the glory of God today? Why did last Sunday that we may have entered the presence of the Lord, but never entered into the glory realm? Why is it service after service, we don't enter behind the veil into the glory? Can you explain that to me, Pastor? Can you explain that to me, Minister of God? That why this Sunday, last Sunday, last Wednesday, whatever broadcast you did, we may have come into the presence of the Lord, but why were we not able to see his glory, experience his glory, walk in the glory? Why? Where did we bring the people? Where did we lead them? Where did we go in our church services and our church ministries this week? I know where we went. For the most part, not everywhere, we went only into the holy place ministry, only into the holy place ministry. I want you to ask yourself a question, Pastor, fivefold minister. Did you, you personally experience the glory of God in your service Sunday? And if not, why not? I ask you, did your congregation experience the glory of God? If not, why not? If the glory of God is our destination, to see him in his glory, to behold him in his glory, to live in that glory, for that glory to fill the temple, why would we stop bringing the people there? Because number one, the answer to that question is, we don't know there's more. That's right. We don't know there's more. Many ministers, fivefold ministers, have no clue there's more behind that glory. They see a new functioning church with power, authority, dominion. They see apostles, they see prophets, but you can see all of that in the holy place and never see it from the glory of God. You can see it from down here where the chickens fly, or you can see it from up here where the eagles fly. What do you want to see, beloved minister of God? Do you want to see it from down here with the chickens, or do you want to see it up here, you know, from, from, from an eagle's vantage point? Remember, you can't bring people where you've never been. You can't testify of what you've not seen. You can't declare where you've never what declare what you've never heard. So if you are content working for the Lord, if you're content staying in the second day or in the holy place, tending the candles, baptism, the Holy Spirit, gifts of the Spirit, maybe trying to be better Christians, and that's where you stay content. You can never enter the glory realm because there's still a veil over your face. There's still a veil there that's keeping you from seeing Jesus in his glory. That's what Revelation chapter one is. It's the unveiling of that the removing of that veil so that we can see him as he is now. That veil has to be taken away so that we can behold the Lord in his glory because we're changed 
from glory to glory. We're transfigured from glory to glory. Our completion, Jesus's third day work comes from glory, his finishing of a people, his finishing of his bride, his completion of a bride. And she has made herself ready by entering into that glory realm where she can be beautified, as it says in Isaiah chapter four. She enters into that Zion, she becomes that Zion, and she becomes beautified by the Lord himself in Isaiah four. She's beautified by the spirit of burning and by the spirit of judgment. And God pitches what? A canopy. I read this yesterday. A canopy of glory over her, a surrounder, a protection around her, so she can be completed and come by his side and walk in a true kingdom power, authority, and dominion. But as long as that veil is there, like it was in the days of Moses, you can't enter in and look into that mirror. That mirror is the reflection of glory. When we look at his face, what happens? You should fall on a dead, fall as a dead man. How many people fell this Sunday as a dead man before the Lord in his glory? How many pastors, apostles, prophets, teachers, conferences, buildings, all the things are coming, and yet no one is falling on their face on the glory of God because of his glory being so filled there, you can't even minister and you can't move. I've had some gatherings where that's happened, where I got thrown right down on my back and my face and I haven't been able to get up for hours. Because when glory comes, you don't move. No flesh can glory in his sight. In the holy place, flesh and spirit can exist. You can minister in the flesh and the spirit of the Lord. And there's no seeming consequences. But the, but there is a consequence for the flesh and spirit mixture. And that's in Revelation chapter 3, where the Lord says to the church of Laodicea, you neither hot or cold, you are lukewarm. We think lukewarm is watching television. No, lukewarm is a mixture of flesh and spirit that we're trying to build the kingdom of God in our own understanding. We're trying to advance the kingdom of God in our own power and our own work. And we're doing what God wants, but we're doing it in the strength of the flesh. That's mixture. That's just as mixture as a Christian sitting home and watching TV or smoking cigarettes or whatever they do. It's the same mixture. It's still taking what is of the world, whatever is pleasing to you, you know, and building with it. That was a word, wasn't it? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're receiving hidden manna this morning. We're, we're seeing the secrets and the mysteries. To you, it's to be made known. To you, it's been given to be made known the secrets of the mystery of the kingdom. I want to be a you, not a them. To them, he speaks in parables. Matthew 13. Now, notice what it says here in Hebrews chapter 9, you know, and, and says, you know, um, and we cannot go into those details now. Verse 5. These arrangements having thus been made, and I want you to see what I'm talking about. How do I know that the, 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 the winter is past? And the rain is gone and over. And now that the that the that the the flowers are now blooming and the singing of the turtle doves is happening, because it shows us here. It says, it says, these arrangements have thus been made that the priests enter, and in the amplified, this is really important, habitually into the outer partition, outer division of the tabernacle in performance. This is powerful. Maybe we can break this down in performance of their ritual acts of worship. That is what Sunday services, Wednesday services, conferences look like at the end of the age. For before God, there's God. It's a holy place. This is what you do. I'm not. I'm not saying that 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 it's wrong. I'm just saying it's not complete. There's deeper. There's more. That's why you're watching this broadcast because you want the more. You want the deeper. A place that God has for you, that finishing place. And look what it says in it, ritual acts of 
performance of their ritual acts of worship. Now, how do I know that? This is, he's going to speak to us about an end of an age and what it looks like and why we have to realize we're being given an invitation. Come, my love, arise. Come away with me, my beloved. You know, you know, and he wants to take her to a deeper place. Come up here so I can show you the things that are coming, things that are coming hereafter. See, this is powerful. This is prophetic. Very important that we get this truth. And it says the ritual act of worship. That's why I asked you a question. How many people experience the glory of God in your service Sunday? Watching it on TV. How much of glory did you see? You saw his presence. I'm not saying his presence wasn't there. But in that presence is a mixture of flesh and spirit. No one can stand in the sight of the glory. Who can stand when he appears? Who can endure the day of his coming? But when he comes, he's going to come like a refiner's fire and full of soap. So he has to prepare us, position us, so that we can be filled and propelled with that glory so that we can stand on that mount of transfiguration moment and be changed by that glory so that glory can arise within us, be seen upon us just as it was in Jesus. And that releases the end time delivering anointing. That's when we become deliverers of the Lord. That's when we become formed into a wheel within a wheel. That's when we get formed into a royal priesthood and a holy nation as overcomers, as kings and sons of God that can rule and reign with them. That's when we're given authority to rule the nation with a rod of iron. That's the word of God out of your mouth because it's his word. That's a place of victory that we are now entering into and we're walking into it in the fullness. That's why if you're watching this broadcast, I hope it's helping you cooperate with what God is doing, help you to cooperate with the move of God to see that you're being prepared and positioned to be propelled with glory and that you can see that you're not strange, you're not weird. It's not wrong to come away and be separated onto the Lord right now. If you're in a place that's not that's still going in this direction and still flying with the chickens and God doesn't want you to stay there, it's not wrong for you to leave that place. It's not wrong for you to go where God wants you to be and to be and to be connected with the right people to do the right work at the right time. It's not wrong. It's God. If there is a local gathering of believers in a local church that are entering the glory realm that see the kingdom of God and are moving and sharing the preparation, then go there, stay there. Praise God. Thank God for them. And I believe there are places that God is rising up. But if the goal of our ritual act of worship is to come in, greet everybody, sing uh, uh, six, seven songs, for about 40 minutes, I've said this before, do 20 minutes of announcements or commercials putting up on the screen, then taking the offering, then bringing a message, then praying with a few folks to get them out to do your next service or your next service, your next service. That is what Hebrew says is now a ritual act of worship. It's a ritual act of worship. That's the holy place ministry. And it allows mixture. Now let's read on what it says here. But into the second division of the tabernacle, the Holy of Holies, none but the high priest goes. Notice to enter in that place, you have to go in in a high priestly ministry. That's why understanding who Jesus is as the king of glory and that he's ever living to make intercession for us as our high priest. This whole book of Hebrews reveals Jesus in his high priestly ministry and how that impacts our life, how it positions us, how it propels us, how it changes us. 
and we're being formed into a kingdom of priests and kings unto the Lord. We're not being made priests under the Levitical order. We're being made priests unto the Melchizedek order, which is in the power of an endless life. Melchizedek, it only says about Melchizedek that he was a priest of the Lord, he had no beginning and he had no end. There's no record of his genealogy of who his parents are. That is prophetic to tell, say to you that Jesus' priestly ministry is endless. His ministry to the Father, his ability to minister to us is forever and ever. He's ever living to make intercession for us. And we, as sons of God, are called first as a bride to be married with him so he can lift us up into that priestly ministry. That's why we're coming up here into that high priestly ministry. Why? Because that's where we get the thoughts, the mind, the directions of the Lord so that we're able to release on earth as a priest unto the Lord. We can execute the judgments written. We're able to rule with a rod of iron out of our mouth. We're able to overcome. We're able to rule the nations with a, uh, with a rod of iron because we are hearing in a place as a priest and as a priest king, we're formed into a kingdom of kings and priests unto our God. We're able to completely cooperate with Jesus on this earth for not only now, but the millennium and hereafter, because we have been formed into a kingdom people, a royal priesthood and a holy nation. Notice it's a royal priesthood because it requires royalty. Up here is the place of royalty because Jesus said, as I overcame and sat down on my throne, you can overcome and sit down on your father's throne. That's an overcoming position. That's being seated with him in heavenly places. Praise God. That's a positioning. The outer courts and the holy place can never get you to that seated position. They're incapable of doing it. So that's why the that's why it says the winter is over. The winter season represents the first two years of the church. The end of the age is a winter season where nothing seems to be growing. And we're, what are we doing now? We're coming, I'm preaching this message as we come out of what? The winter season. Notice where the Lord has me do this broadcast in the spring. From started in the winter into the spring. I don't believe that's by accident. I believe that's, that's a prophetic sign of what the Lord is doing. Amen. Now, you're right, sister. It is a new wineskin. I'm declaring to you what the new wineskin is. This is it. Becoming available, giving the Lord the totality of your being, understanding he's calling you upward to meet him in the air right now, to see him as a king of glory, to continually behold him so that he can change you from glory to glory, to put everything down till you get his present word, his present instruction, his pre present plans of what he wants for you until Psalm 32, 8 becomes a burning reality in your life that I, the Lord, will continually teach you and instruct you in the way that you should go and guide you with your own eyes. It's completely under his headship. We come completely under the lordship of Jesus. He becomes the Lord Jesus Christ in our life. He's not just our savior, healer, redeemer, but he's Lord. That means ownership. That means command. So we come under his direct governmental authority. How can the Lord establish his government under the earth when he has a people in the holy place that are not in governmental order? To his government to be seen, for that new Jerusalem city to be seen on the earth, that requires a people to come under his complete headship as full-grown sons and daughters of God together so that in that collective body of Christ, a bride is revealed, a new Jerusalem city is revealed, made up of living stones being built up to a spiritual house so that God can govern through his people on the earth. Jesus can govern through his governing people on the earth. But that's what we have to be prepared for, positioned for, and propelled with. That's why the message of the kingdom is a message of preparation. It's not just a message of salvation. 
which is a church age. We need that. I'm not saying we're not to do that, but there's more. Thank you, Lord. Now, notice it says that these arrangements have thus been made into the outer division of the tabernacle in performance of their ritual act of worship. And what happens there? A ritual act of worship. And people never grow. There's no place for them to grow. There's no place for them to function. And if there is a cry that's in the believers and your church pastors and those that you care for is they want to function. They want to be what God created them to be. But the holy place ministry does not allow them to function. Moses' tabernacle didn't allow them to function. And because of that, David was given the true order of worship of heaven. And he was given the revelation that he can take that ark out of that old covenant of Moses, out of the law, of the way, out of the Levitical priesthood. And he brought it out into a new place. And he just pitched an ordinary tent around it. And then the priest, of course, there was only the Levitical priesthood there. And all the people of God were able to come to minister to the Lord together as one people. There was no big people, no little people. They all came together to seek the face of the Lord. And in that place, the ministry to the Lord collectively is what the Lord desired. They brought the singers, he hired singers, dancers, flags, ministers, handmaidens, men servant, scribes to continually minister to the Lord 24 7, 365. Because he knew that if the government of God was going to be established in his earth, if God was going to establish his government within David, the ministry to the Lord and the seeking in the face of God had to be number one. Why? Seek ye first. So I'm going to say the kingdom of God. And we wonder why there's no glory. We say we're seeking first the kingdom of God, but are we seeking first the kingdom of God from God's perspective or ours? It's a good point, huh? This is a tremendous word of direction and instruction. And I wish more leaders would be able to hear it and be able to hear and see and comprehend it. Because then that then the kingdom reality that they're beginning to sense would come into existence because they would be able to remove the ark out of Moses' covenant and put it where it belongs. And they would rebuild the fallen walls of, of David's tabernacle, as Amos 9:11 says. That's part of the end times, is the restoration of David's tabernacle. It says so. And why? But into the second division, verse 7. Only the high priest goes in once a year, never without him taking the sacrifice of blood with him, which he offers for himself and the errors and the ignorance of the people. So to enter in that holy, holy of holies, you have to bring blood, but you can't bring the blood of a lamb and you can't bring the blood of goats. The only way we can approach in the holy of holies is through the blood of Jesus. That's what tore that veil apart. And what does it say? We can come boldly to what? The throne of grace, right? Competently, because that veil has been torn in two, Jesus's blood has opened and kept open that veil for us to enter in. We don't enter that place in our own righteousness. We don't enter into that holy of holies building anything for God, bringing any of our flesh, our work into that holy holy of holies. We enter into His work. We enter into His finishing. We enter into His beginning, His finishing, His completing. And in that place, it's not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit. Everything that happens behind the veil has no human initiation with it. It's all initiated by God revealing it, God imparting it, God putting that word within us so that it can be made flesh on the earth. We receive from heaven and so that the word becomes flesh in our lives 
and we become a multi-membered body of Christ. What Jesus was limited to do in a single body, he's now able to be limitless in a multi-membered body of Christ that fills the entire earth. I hope you're beginning to see the bigger picture. I'm trying by the grace of God to be able to show you the bigger picture of what's happening. What is God doing in your life? Why is he doing in your life? What do you need to do in your life to be able to reach your destination? Isn't that what's missing in the church age? We got principles, but no power. We got instructions, but no illustrations of it. We got revelation, but we have no knowledge. Very little. Thank you, Lord. I'm praying that this word gets deposited and burned within you so that you can begin to see the urgency of seeking the face of God. This is a generation that will seek his face, Psalm 24. This is a generation that will lift up their heads as a gate and lift up their heads as an age-abiding doorway to let the king of glory come in. I want you to think about your husband right now, your wife, your children, your grandchildren, your mother, your father, your sisters, your brothers. I want you to think those that you sit in church next to or those you fellowship with. Imagine their lives without experiencing this, knowing it or entering into it, and them, them living in the end times that are about to be unfolding. Think about that for a moment. I do. I, I, what would it be like for my ch children not ready, my grandchildren not ready, and then going along as business as usual, living in the holy place of the mixture? I can keep, you know, the, the holy place ministry represents the best of your life and the best of God's life. That's not supposed to be brought in there, but it is brought in there. This way, whatever God is doing can fit into my life, into my schedule. Notice that the church age, it fits nicely into your schedule. You can pick and choose what service you want to go to, how long you want to stay, what God is going to do, how much money you want to give. You can pick and choose freely in the holy place. Do you realize when you get past that veil, you have no such right? Because in that place, you're giving the Lord the totality of your being, all that you are, all that you have, and all that you will ever be. If you want to live in that holy, holy of holies place and walk in dominion, power, authority, dominion, do you think you're going to have the ability to choose what you want? which is opposed to what God wants? Or would your testimony behind that veil be of a son? I've been crucified with Christ. My old life is dead. I've been crucified with Christ. I, you know, the, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but not I, not what I used to live. But Christ now has reigned in me. Christ now lives in me. I am fully his. And the life I now live, it's a new life. I live by faith in the son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. That's the sonship side of that testimony. The bride side of that testimony is I am my beloved's and his desires are towards me. And both of those testimonies of the overcoming sons and daughters of God, there is no self-life. There's no self-interest. There's no self-desires. They are totally abandoned to the will of the Father. They're totally abandoned. Not my will, but thy will be done. When you enter behind the veil, that's what gets revealed in you. And every place of thy will gets burnt up. So that, uh, my will gets burnt up so that the only thing that's left is thy will. That's what we were made for. That's what we created for. That's who God will, that's who God will allow to rule and reign with him and have governmental authority on the earth because they've given the totality of their being to the Lord, the complete surrender to the Lord. They're living for only for his will. 
That's what glory is. That's what glory brings. And notice where the glory is behind the veil. So let's go back now to our church services and our, our life, maybe as a Christian. And maybe we do, we pop on our CD on the way to work and we do a little bit of devotional time and we go to church, we go to service, we pay our tithe. But what are we doing with the rest of our life? And when we're taking control of the rest of the life, then we're coming into that holy place with mixture, us and the Lord. And I told you in the holy place, it's we're engaged to the Lord. It's me and the Lord. I'm going to work for the Lord. I'm going to live for the Lord. We're like this. And that's the best you can ever have in the Holy of Holies is I work for the Lord and I live for the Lord. But the testimony changes when you enter behind the veil because that's where the marriage chamber is. That's the transformational marriage up of the land. And now we become the two become one. Oneness is glory and glory is oneness. You should write that down, somebody, please. Glory is oneness and oneness is glory. And when we enter into that glory, this is the mystery of the church that, the, that a man shall leave his mother and father and he shall cleave to his wife and the two shall become one. That's the mystery of the kingdom of God. The two shall become one. That's the glory. That's why a husband is the glory of his wife. He's, his, he's the covering. Jesus is the glory over us as our, our, as our bridegroom king. And he covers us and we come under his canopy of glory. And now we're able to walk with him in that canopy of glory to do what? The father's will, only the father's will. And in that way, we're not going to bring God anything that he hasn't asked for. It's here we become thoroughly purged priests of, of Malachi chapter three. And we're able to bring the Lord an offering of righteousness. We're no longer going to bring Cain's offering. Cain's offering is sweat. Cain's offering is what he thinks God wants. He wants to bring God the best of his, what his hands produced. And that you can bring that in the holy place, but you cannot bring that before the throne of God. Because everything your hands has built in mixture or alone, it's burnt up. It can't enter behind that realm of glory. Because everything we bring to the Lord has to be an able offering of what God created and what God made. And so in the holy place, there are ritual acts of worship. We tend the candles, which represents the movement of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the operation of the Spirit. We pray, we worship, we do things in that place. We reach out to others. People are healed, set free and delivered, all wonderful things of God. But what we don't do is we enter, but we do, what we can do is live there and never enter behind the veil to be completed for God's millennial purposes and for, for, for eternity. Now, I want you to notice here, it says but you know, um, that he enters into that place not without the taking of blood. And that blood symbolizes the only way we can enter in. Why? Because our righteousness is but a filthy rag. So we can come boldly to the throne of grace through the blood of the lamb. Now I want you to look at verse 8 and underline it. Because it's a critical scripture of the Holy Spirit speaking. I just talked to you about the holy place ministry. I talked to you that in that place there is no glory. I asked you, pastors, leaders, people, when you look at today at the services and you go on the internet and what you're listening to, do you see or experience the glory of God? Do you know what it looks like? Would you know the difference between his presence and his glory? You would maybe see a heavy presence of the Lord, but do you see his glory and his manifested presence where the Lord is there and he's changing everybody and no one can move or breathe you know, except in the Holy Spirit. How much did the people experience of the glory of the Lord this Sunday and Wednesday? And again, I ask you, beloved leaders, where did you bring them? Where did you take them? Did you bring them to the message or did you bring them to the Lord, the messenger? What's better for them to behold the messenger 
or to have a message from the messenger. Beholding the messenger is better than receiving a message. Because when you behold the messenger, the message becomes alive. It becomes power, authority, and dominion to transform you to the innermost being. Did not our hearts burn within us as he expounded the scriptures? Why did they get that revelation? Because the messenger was expounding the message within them. The messenger and the message were one. And that's what the Lord told me. If, if for this end times, the message and the messenger have to be one. In the church age, in the church age structure, we have messages, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the messenger and the message are one. In other words, that work may not be revealed in them. And the difference is, is that you, there'll be an anointing upon that word because it's God's word. It'll touch you in the surface. It may even bring conviction, but it can't transform you from one place to another. Because it's not one. The message and the messenger are not one. It's a revelation, but it's not the revelation being revealed. It's not the revelation being revealed. Jesus Christ, the the revelation of Jesus is not seen, risen upon the one that's bringing the message. That's going to change. It's going to change from children to to, to, to 90 or 100-year-olds. Because the message and the messenger have to be one. That's why the gospel is going to be preached. You realize it's been preached in every nation for years and the end hasn't come yet? Because it doesn't say the gospel of salvation shall preach, be preached alone. Okay, and then the end will come. It says the gospel of the kingdom will be preached as a witness, then the end will come. That's Isaiah 60. And end time people walking in the fullness, full grown sons and daughters of God, doing the very thing Jesus doing. Jesus finishing his work on the earth through a multi-membered body to complete it and prepare it for the transformation of the kingdoms of this earth into the kingdoms of our God is what's going to be a witness of the gospel of the kingdom. Which signs, wonders, cleansing, judgments. Thank you, Lord. Now, I started this last week, but the Lord is bringing me back here because we need to see where we are. You know, we need to understand the change of prophetic day. You know, the winter's gone. Winter has passed and the rains, the rain is over and gone and the flowers appear that's where we are right now you are those flowers that are appearing and the singing of the birds is beginning to run and the voice of the turtle dove is about to be heard in the land all of those speak of a of a people who have been prepared positioned and propelled with glory that are going to be speaking a different language the new wine skin of the kingdom of god will be seen in their life because they're filled with the new wine because they're not living in that holy place ministry anymore They've gone past it. They come out of the second day church age. They come out of the second day church. They come out of the Babylonian church system that's infiltrated the church. The doctrine of Nicolaitans, which has a clergy, Bible ministry, people up here and everybody else underneath with, with a hierarchy structure. I'm not saying that, they, that, 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 that the Bible ministry doesn't have a, an authority to build people up you know, and to establish them. But those five ministers were supposed to be not up here, but they were to be laid between the cornerstone Jesus and the finishing stone Jesus as a foundation for people to stand upon. So that the work of that foundation building is to lift them up, to make them everything that God created them to be so that they can function. Not that they would become good churchgoers to your church or workers for your church and help you advance your agenda. That was not why God was giving them to you. He gave them to you so that you would get underneath them and help them become everything God created them to be to fulfill their vision and purpose in God. And believe it or not, if they're sent to you, then the purposes of what God wants for you in that region will be fulfilled as they come into their place in the Lord. 
but we're trying to do it backwards. We're trying to give them a position, a title, a place, and a work instead of causing them to live and function as living, breathing body of Christ, as living stones. We made them dead stones by religiosity and, and the ways of men and the mixture of what we think is right. That, that, and, and we tried to make them good Christian people, good Christian workers. We've made, we've made workers and not friends of God. We've made laborers and not people who are a bride of the Lord. We've got people in our churches that have become great employees waiting for their paycheck instead of being the living, breathing representation of Jesus Christ on the earth in their own life. We tell them that and we try to help them as an afterthought, but it's always with the intention of them serving our vision and purpose instead of us laying our lives down to help them become what their vision is. That's what the fivefold ministry gifts were, to help them become what God created them to be, not to help you build your church vision. Because that church vision may not be exactly what you thought it was, but you took it in your own understanding and you tried to build it in the flesh. I did it. I did it. God called it an Ishmael. He said, no longer going to produce an Ishmael, but you're going to produce an Isaac after your own kind. And my, the Isaac in me, I was doing in the secret place alone with God. I never knew that what God was building in my alone time with him, my learning of him, being with him and, and dwelling with him is what he wanted for me to bring out to, to share with his people so that they can grow. I didn't know that because I had that system, this holy place, outer court system of operation. By this, verse 8, it says the Holy Spirit, not Pastor Henry. The Holy Spirit points out, look at this. The Holy Spirit points out this fact, that the way into the true Holy of Holies, this is after the veil's been torn in two. This is the Hebrew Christians after the resurrection of Christ, after the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Paul is writing to the Hebrew Christian that as long as the way into the Holy of Holies, is, by this, the Holy Spirit points out that the way into the Holy, Holy of Holies is not thrown open as long as the former outer portion of that tabernacle. The Holy Place Ministry remains a recognized institution and is still standing. That is one of the most powerful hidden man of truth I have found in the book of Hebrews. He says that the work of the Holy of Holies to finish you and complete you is blocked as long as your priority is to do only the work of the Holy of Holies Ministries. If it's all about the Great Commission alone, and that's your focus and being baptized with the Holy Spirit and gifts and all of those things. As long as that recognized is a recognized, recognized institution, as long as you do services and conferences in the same manner that you've done forever, you just paint it over and call it kingdom. You just change a few things here and there, you know, or maybe a few more people speak and you set the time frame and you set the time limits and all of those things. That is that same holy place ministry. You can change its name if you want to, but it's not. It's the same. It's the same. If, if we just go and pop our CD into the car, we do a 10-minute devotional life, and then we live business as usual and live our life exactly the same, and we call it kingdom, it's not. It's still the same. You can call it whatever you want, but in reality, it's not because the glory of the Lord needs to be seen. It needs to be evident. It needs to manifest. That word must burn within us and begin to change us and open our eyes to see further into the heart of God where God can reveal to us the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom. It's interesting that one of the things that I've heard over and over, and I thought this for a while myself, that the Lord wants us to get back to the book of Acts and build according to that pattern. No, he does not. I'm sorry. 
There may be some similarities there, but he is not going backwards to the book of Acts to, because what's coming isn't going to look like anything like the book of Acts. The end time judgments, the cleansing judgments, they didn't face any of that. They were looking for that day. They were waiting for that day. They understood what was coming. So the day of the Lord is completely different than the book of Acts. We're not going back into the day of the church. We're not going back into the book of Acts. We're going into the day of the Lord. And it's completely different. It's got completely different function, completely different purposes, completely different plans. We've got to function in God's end time purposes as a wheel within a wheel. We've got to be able to know what God is doing. We got to come up through that door in heaven so that God can show us the things that are going to come hereafter. We got to be ready for Revelation chapter five, six, and all the end time events that are going to unfold on the earth. That's completely different going to the book of Acts. You lead them back there, they're not going to be ready. You tell them that's where we're going, they're not going to be ready. You're not going to be ready. And that which you're building isn't going to be able to survive. I know that's not what we want to hear. We're not going backwards. We're going forwards. It doesn't say go backwards. It says come up here. Come away, my love, my fair one. Do you see it? For us to move, we got to come up because the movement now is forming us as a bride with a bridegroom, forming us as a wheel within a wheel, that we are now connected with the glory of God. We're connected with the four living creatures. We're connected with the seven spirits of God. We're connected with the spirit of prophecy. We're connected with the souls of just men. We're connected with the 24 elders. We're connected with the myriads of angels. We're connected with all that heaven is. We're connected in that glory realm and all of it moves. Heaven and earth moving together. That's Ezekiel chapter one. That's what it does. As those living creatures move, so the wheel moves. The wheel within a wheel. We're the wheel and Jesus is the wheel within us. His full grown life is now seen in our, our life. So we become a wheel within a wheel. We look just like him. He's the wheel in us. And now we appear to the world as a wheel. And so as a wheel within a wheel, because of that connection, when those living creatures are lifted up, we're lifted up. And when they go down, where they go. And when they when, when they come to this position, notice the harmony of heaven and earth notice heaven and earth are connected as they move we move now go back to the mountain transfiguration and look who's standing there two people who are not on the earth right now moses and elijah two end time deliverers are standing there on the mountain of the lord jesus is speaking to them at end time event he's revealing himself as the son of man in the fullness of his glory showing us what we're going to look like in end time and become an end time delivering people the end time deliverers are rising joe's army that are going to be so connected with the lord as a bride with a bridegroom so connected with one another as a bride and bridegroom god can put us anywhere he wants and do whatever he wants and that's why the divine convergences are so important because in this we learn to experience that reality we actually be we're actually formed and function as a wheel within a wheel as a corporate body that's why you need to come to new york and and come to convergence maybe more than once Okay, there's no registration fee. If you don't, if you don't want to give a dime in the offering, it's not about trying to do something to get more money, get more people to follow what, what whatever's doing. It's about us becoming something, being formed into a kingdom of kings and priests. And these are spots God wants to reveal Himself to us in New York as the breath of life. And you need it, and I need it. So why wouldn't we come? Right? By this, the Holy Spirit points out that the way into the true of holy of holies is not yet thrown open. As long as that former tabernacle remains, a recognized institution is still standing. Am I telling, don't go to a local church? Nope. 
Am I saying there's no need of a local troop? No, no. Am I saying that we shouldn't be the hungry, not visit the prisoners, not pray for the sick, not lay hands, not get back? No, I'm not saying any of those. What I'm saying is that that needs to come behind the veil where it's no longer our efforts. We enter the rest of God and we cease from our own efforts as God did. And now we now we're empowered with the third day finishing work of Jesus to transform the earth. And it includes all of those things and much more. And the way to enter into that is you, a pastor, a leader, you have to look at your life and say, you know what? The life I've lived, I'm done with it. I got to burn the ship. I'm not living that anymore. I'm not going to have a mixture in my life. I'm giving the Lord the totality of my being. And Lord, whatever you need to remove from my life, remove it. Whatever you need to leave, leave. Whatever you need to replace, replace. Whatever you need to displace, displace it. But I'm going to pursue you. I'm burning for you. I'm in love with you. I'm going to seek your face. I'm going to be one of those of, of this generation that's going to seek your face. I'm going to be one of those that lift up my head as a gate. I'm one that's going to lift up my head as an age-abiding doorway. And I'm going to let the king of glory come in. That is what he's looking for. He's waiting for you to answer the door, the knock on the door, and enter into this reality I'm talking about. Can you imagine as a pastor, an apostle, a prophet, a teacher, an evangelist, if you would do this with your church or those you're ministering to? We are not going to do this anymore. This is what we're going to do. We're going to seek the face of God together and we're going to wait for the Lord to work. And if he's going to use whoever he wills. I'm not going to bring a message this week. I have a message that may God may have me share with you if there's time, if that's what he wants. But I'm not going to shut up the voice of many waters that's here in our midst. He says, and that voice was like the voice of many waters, not just one waters. It's not just going to be the pastor's voice or the apostle's voice that are heard. It's going to be the body of Christ's voice, including them, including them and more. That's what's behind the veil. Now, why would you want to block your people from being able to function? That's my question. Why would you want to block them from functioning and being living, breathing stones? Haven't you wanted them to come to maturity? Haven't you wanted them to see them fulfill their destiny? Then make a place for them to do it. Make a place for the young people to do it. Make a place for them. There's no room at the end right now in that holy place structure because it wasn't made for that. That's the whole point. The holy place wasn't made to finish us. It was to bring us to the finisher. And verse nine, it says, seeing that at first outer portion, that tabernacle, that holy place, listen, is a parable, a visible symbol of type or picture of this present age. It's a picture that where, and, and Song of Solomon is telling us this winter is over, that season, that parable, that age is over, the water is gone. And now the sound, you know, the flowers appear because we entered a new season where we're getting the former and the latter rain. We're getting the best portion of the new wine. We're being changed from water to wine. And now because of that transformational change from water to wine, from entering behind the veil, we're being positioned and, and prepared to be filled with the glory of the Lord so that we can walk in our end time purposes and plans together as a wheel within a wheel. But as long as that place remains a recognized institution. It's a parable and a sign of the present age, of the old age. That's what the book of Song of Solomon is showing us. And what is it, and what does it start with? A call to arise up, my love, my fair one, and come away with me. And then he begins to describe what's happening. The flowers appear. The singing is heard. The, the sound of the turtle doves are heard. All of those are Revelation book unfolding of the overcomers and the man-childs. All of those represent an overcoming people. And I'll explain that to you more tomorrow. 
as we get into it. Then it says, seeing that this first order partition is a parable, a type of the picture of this present age. And look what it, look at, look at, just to prove to you about what we did on Sunday, what we're going to do on Wednesday, what we're going to continue to do for the work during the week. It says, in it, gifts and sacrifice are offered. Exactly. The gifts of the Spirit, the operation of the Spirit, you know, the move of the Spirit, the message that we're bringing. Gifts and sacrifices are altered. But look at what it cannot do. It says, yet they are incapable of perfecting. That word perfecting means maturing, bringing us into maturity. And yet they are incapable of perfecting the conscious or the cleansing and the renewing of the inner man of the worshiper. What does that mean? They're incapable of finishing you. This present age, this church age cannot complete you. But God says in Philippians chapter one, verse six, it says that he who has begun this good work in you will be faithful, what? To almost finish it? or will be faithful to complete it within you. He'll be faithful to complete in you even to the day of Christ, it says, which means the finisher has to be seen. The completer has to be known. We got to come up into a new place like John did as an overcomer and see the finisher. And who's that finisher? The king of glory. And how do you know you're going to be finisher? Because you're going to lift up your head as a gate. You're going to lift up your head as an age abiding glory. And you're going to let that king of glory come in. That knock is going to let the king of glory come in. And what is he going to do in you? How is he going to appear in you? He's going to appear the Lord strong and mighty. The Lord, right? the Lord mighty in battle, mighty in battle. So the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty indeed, the Lord mighty in battle is now coming to complete you. Does that sound like you're not going to be finished? Does that sound like you're not going to be changed? Does that sound like you're not going to be a bride without spots and with blemish? If he started the work and you didn't start it and you got saved by a miracle, you got baptized by the Holy Spirit by a miracle, how do you think the Lord's going to finish you? With a miracle, a miracle intervention. He started it with a miracle. He's going to finish it with a miracle because he's a miracle worker to complete us. It's a miracle that changes the garments, the filthy garments of Joshua high priest. He didn't change his own garments. The Lord brings him up before him, gets Satan out of the way and changes his garments so he can stand and live before him. It's a miracle. Glory to God. It's a third day intervention, but it starts with an invitation. Without the invitation, there's no invitation. And without, excuse me, without answering the invitation, there's no um, visitation. And the visitation of meeting the Lord is what causes you to get the impartation to change from glory to glory. And that's really today's message, isn't it? You know, from invitation to visitation to impartation. I'm going to change the title up there later on because I believe that's what it is. And it says, in it gives our Orphaned, and yet they are incapable of perfecting the conscience of the believers. Now, can I go back and end today with the book of Ephesians? And he gave gifts to men, apostles, prophets, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Some evangelists, some missionaries, some pastors. His intention was the perfecting. See that word again? That the holy place ministry is incapable of perfecting. So why would we stay there? His intention was the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints as consecrated people that they should do the work of ministering toward building up Christ's body, the church. That it might develop into all, all attain oneness in the faith 
in the comprehensive, full and accurate knowledge of the Son of God at really mature manhood, the completeness of a personality, which is nothing less than the standard height of Christ's own personality, the measure of the stashness of the fullness of Christ and the completeness found in him. Where is that completeness found? In the Holy of Holies. Where is oneness found? In the Holy of Holies. Glory is found where? In the Holy of Holies. Glory is oneness. Oneness is glory. To see what happens when we don't bring the people into the right place, if we stop here, if we don't recognize that timeout came at 320, uh, 320, that there was an absolute reset at that time, where would we, where we, where we, where would we remain? Thank you, Lord. The Lord's intention is to perfect us. Praise God. I know we lost some people along the way. They probably had to go. Again, I could keep these to shorter broadcasts, but I really can't, can I? That's why they're recorded, so that when you have time, you can go back and listen to them. Father, I thank you today. I give you praise. I give you honor. And I give you glory. There is no one like you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you today, Lord. We bless you today. Give you glory. Thank you, Lord. I thank you today for the invitation. I thank you that today that you would take this broadcast and bring it all over the world. Bring it to those that are ready to hear it. Bible ministers, God. I have no control over this, Lord. Nor do I want it. I can't advertise it. I can't promote it, God. That's your business. But I'm asking you to take this message and bring it to those that have ears to ear, hear, and eyes to see, and hearts that will understand. Father, may those that are hearing me right now and hearing you, all of us together, answer that door again. Say, come in, Jesus. Sup with me afresh today. And as we do, Lord, answer that invitation. We thank you that for a visitation, that this broadcast is a visitation. And I pray that that visitation period of seeing you and beholding you and beholding your faces in the mirror, seeing your eyes like fire, seeing the double-edged sword that comes out of your mouth, your face burning like the noonday sun, your hair as white as snow, your white raiments glistening, your gold sash around your waist, the seven stars in your hand and your feet burning like an oven and the voice of many waters. I pray that that visitation becomes our reality, that you take us deeper and deeper into your heart, deeper and deeper into your kingdom, deeper and deeper that you would reveal in us and through us the secrets and the mysteries of your kingdom. And may we be like those two men on the road of Emmaus so that today, the message and the messenger would become one. Let our hearts burn with this revelation knowledge of you, God. And I thank you, Lord, that from, Lord, the visitation, we become a habitation of your glory by impartation. From impartation to habitation, that we would be the flowers that appear. Lord, I pray a strengthening. I pray a quickening. I pray a strengthening to all who watched this broadcast and are still watching it. Father, I pray such a release, such a strengthening, such a quickening power. Come, Lord. Fill us with your fire. Burn within us a deeper passion, hunger, and a thirsting for you, to be married to you. And I pray that you would reveal the marriage supper of the Lamb 
so much in our lives, Lord. Strengthen your people. Let that word become flesh within us and let us be shining with your glory and maybe a witness to our spouses, to our children. Lord, I, we ask you, give us the opportunities to make a way to speak to our spouses, to our children, to our grandchildren, to our aunts, uncles, mothers, fathers, nieces, nephews, and to all those. Let us be your messengers. And may we be the message that they would see what is it, what's different about you. May they see your glory upon us, that they would desire it more. Let, let our life become the reflection of your life so that you can be seen in us, Lord, as that transparency in glass, that they would desire you that they would see you, that they would come and taste your choicest fruit that you would produce off of, of, of us as your branch. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We bless you. We give you glory today, God. There is no one like you, God. No one like you. We pray such a releasing, such a strengthening, such an enabling. That you're the vine and we're the branch. And apart from you, we can do nothing. But by abiding you, we shall bear fruit. Let that fruit come from our lives as a branch that people can eat. Let it bring healing to the nations, healing to the families, Lord. And let the fruit remain. Let it be a lasting fruit in those that eat it and in our lives. May we be those connected branches today, God. I pray release, I pray strengthening and enabling right now in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Now to you, God, who can do exceedingly above all that we ask or think. To you be the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I'll tell you, this week has so far, and last week too, actually the, the whole series has been a very powerful time with God. I even hate to write that on my Facebook page because it's like, it looks like I'm trying to build it up. But they are powerful. I'm being changed. I don't know about you, but at least for me, I'm being changed. And this, I know this word is in me, but it's growing, it's expanding. Every time I hear it, every time I can feel that operation of the Lord making it deeper and deeper in me and deeper and deeper in you. I hope that's happening with you too, that we're beginning to see the kingdom of God, the picture of where the Lord is taking us, what he's doing. And I hope this is providing you the means, the tools that are necessary for you to pursue and run after the Lord. If it does, then I, then I pray that, that I would be found faithful before the Lord in doing that. Amen. Well, thank you so much for watching today. I want to remind you that on May 2nd through the 7th, you know, I don't want you to come just for a meeting, but come and experience what all that this the Lord has been sharing in reality. You know, it's worth taking the time off. It's worth if you got vacation time. It's worth paying the flight or driving there. Set yourself apart for these days and see what God will birth within you. If you're hungry and you're desperate for that kingdom reality to see your functioning, come. If you're a musician, come. Bring your instrument. If you're a singer, come with your with your with your chops. They say, right? Come. If you're if you're a flag ministry, bring your flags. If you're an artist, bring your sketch pad. Bring those things that you do in your secret time in your secret place with the Lord. Bring them, and let's gather together and gather together in David's tab tabernacle. Let's do that. You are invited. This is a special invitation. If you have dance ministry, come. Or if you just want to come and sit in God's presence and listen to him, hear him, pour your tears upon his feet, worship him in the beauty of his holiness, and then be prepared for the Lord to come and speak to you and work within you in ways you've never experienced as you behold him as the king of glory. And then corporately, as God uses us together corporately, you know, and watch and see what the corporate expression of his body looks like. 
then don't miss this, please. Would you please come? Can you hear it? All things are now ready. It's May 2nd through the 7th, okay? And, and it's connected in New York, okay? And uh, you can fly in, fly into the Albany airport. Please register online. It, it, seating is limited. You've got to register. It's by invitation only. You don't register, you can't get in. So you got to register. And then you have until 10 more days to get that hotel rate at a discounted rate. It's a really great rate for our, for our, for our double trade, tremendous rate. And we get breakfast included, which is awesome. So please come. Now last, I would like to just thank you, all of you that are praying for us, encouraging us, and those of you that have been blessing us financially. We, Donna and I so appreciate it. We pray over every one of you that pray for us, encourage us, all of you that are on Facebook. And again, giving is between you and the Lord. No one has to give anything. There's no charge, it's free. But we do rely on the Lord to touch people as he wills, like Paul did in the Church of Philippi. That's what we pray about for those of you that are watching for the first time. We are trusting the Lord that he has people that will hear him that he will put a love in his heart for him and for us. They will say, listen, as missionaries, as workers, as, as apostolic ministers and prophetic ministers, we wanna help you to live and be able to do the work of the Lord. And if that's you, then we have our PayPal link on there and you can also donate on our website. We appreciate every gift. And right now, as we get prepared for, for New York, we appreciate that even more because we need more right now. So as we do, Please pray for us. Ask God to continue to touch people on our behalf, to bring in the resources that we need to be able to go and do this. And if God touches you today and you want to do that, it's right there and available for you to be able to do it. And we thank you for, so much for letting the Lord touch you. You know, we have a, a, a bit of ways to go and God knows it, but he's never failed us. Where God died, he provides. He has always has a people that are willing to give and to, 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 to bless, you know, whether, you know, and never, you know, never consider what you would call, you know, sometimes people, are, I'm sorry, I, I, I could only send this small dono, do, donation. There's no such thing as a small love gift. When, in, when you gave in obedience, out of the love of God, it's a big deal. Every gift, no matter what the size. So please know that. So thank you again. God bless you for watching. Again, we pray for you. We're here for you. If there's anything you need, please just email me. All right, we love you. We'll see you tomorrow for the last day of this week's broadcast. Same time, same station. We love you all. Love you from Gulf East, Florida. I'm Henry Falcon from Kingdom Awakening Messengers. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.